Hey, Baseline, it's Don, and I hope that you've had a um, great time so far and have experienced uh, good worship together. And let's just admit it that this is um, not like any Easter we have ever been a part of before, right? Uh, typically on an Easter Sunday, a lot of us will get up early, throw some sweats on, come up early for the sunrise service, and sit out in the cold and have a wonderful time of um, of welcoming the Easter morning in that way. And then lots of us will come at 10 o'clock and we'll be under a tent and there'll be friends and there'll be uh, family there and there's good food and we sing all the great songs of Easter and it just is not going to be that way this Easter. But more than any Easter, I believe, we need to remind ourselves that he is risen. You know, we often would start our services on Easter Sunday with... Um, Someone, usually Craig Wallace, actually, starting us off by saying, um, he is risen, and then the crowd responds by saying, he is risen indeed. And if there's ever been a time that we need to be reminded of that, I believe it's now. And so actually, there'll be a time later on today when we do a, a Zoom call all together, and we will do that together, reminding each other that he is risen. But I want to remind you that... Um, we will celebrate the risen Christ today. And um, just as things today feel fairly dark today, on that first Easter Sunday, things were dark then too. There was um, political upheaval that was going on. The disciples and followers of Jesus had just watched him days before be murdered, a, a gruesome, gruesome killing on a cross. And they basically were sheltered in the house, hiding from the Romans. And so it was a very, very dark time for them. And I think it's significant that the scriptures say that Mary Magdalene and the other Marys came to the tomb while it was dark. For it really was literally dark. It was just as the sun was rising. But it also was dark figuratively. And this past month has been like no month we've ever experienced. Never in our lifetime has a deadly um, virus crossed our nation and our world like the coronavirus has. Um, never have so many people lost their jobs at the same time. Never before has the stock market crashed and lost so much of its value and, and our economy gone into a, um, a recession as quickly as that has happened. And so many people have experienced loss these days. Many of you who are teachers or students, the, the fun of the end of the year, that's been lost. Uh, graduations and, and uh, weddings and uh, things like that have now been uh, postponed. Vacations are put on hold. Even, even funerals, they're unable to attend to give your final greetings to those who have gone. And people have actually lost their lives. And so we've never experienced anything like this before. But as I've been reading and, and really thinking about and even meditating on the resurrection stories in the Gospels, I've been captured by this fact. I've been really grabbed by the fact that, that the women went to the tomb in the dark with their spices and, and to, to prepare Jesus' body for burial. And they, and they went and they're wondering, who's going to roll the tomb or the stone away from the tomb. And while they're doing that, and while they're walking there, the resurrection has already happened. 
Jesus' body is no longer in the tomb. The, the stone has already been rolled away. When, um, when Peter and John run to the tomb and are wondering what is going on, what is happening that the women have told us about, and as they get there and, and it says that John got there first and then Peter comes in and they look around, they wonder, as they were running to the tomb that morning, the resurrection's already happened. Jesus is already alive. And yet I love how the scriptures are so honest and and what's written about Jesus' followers on those first days and hours of, of his resurrection. Listen to what it says. It says, afraid yet filled with joy, trembling but bewildered. Their words seemed like nonsense. They went away wondering, their faces downcast. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. The disciples were overjoyed. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, I will not believe. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I just love the honesty in the scriptures. That this is what the followers of Jesus were experiencing in those first hours and days. They weren't sure what had happened. And yet in all of this, Jesus has risen. The stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty. And here's the truth I want us to believe in and know, that the resurrection of Jesus changes everything. It changes everything. You see, the resurrection calls us to be people of faith. The resurrection of Jesus empowers us to be people of hope. And the resurrection of Jesus transforms us to be people of love. And this is what I want to remind you of on this Easter Sunday. We're called to be people of faith. We're empowered to be people of hope. And we've been changed to be people of love. So in in the midst of wondering and worrying, the women had faith to, to do what Jesus and the angels told them, to go back to the disciples and tell them that he's risen. The disciples had faith to to go to the tomb and to see what is going on. And the disciples had faith to to go to Galilee like Jesus had told them. And in all these ways, they're showing faith. And, And their lives are changed. They believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. In fact, they will go to their graves believing this betting their lives on this truth. And everything changes at this moment for them. In fact, about six weeks after the resurrection of Jesus, uh, on a day called Pentecost in Jerusalem, uh, Peter will stand up and he will preach to thousands. And he will start preaching and and quote from the Old Testament. And and then he'll get to this point in in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, and he'll say this. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him. As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. 
this truth, the resurrection of Jesus, that, that the tomb is empty, the stone has been rolled away, the body is not there, that Jesus is alive, this becomes the centerpiece of everything that the disciples preach. This is what they teach, and this is what they preach. And as the people on that Pentecost day were listening to Peter preach, it says this really beautiful phrase. It says that they were cut to the heart. And they asked Peter, what must we do? How do we respond to this truth of Jesus being raised from the dead? And Peter says to them, you must repent and be baptized. You must repent and change the way you live and, and look at a different way of living and be baptized and be a part of what God is doing in your midst. And again, all through the book of Acts, this is the message that the disciples preach, that Jesus is alive. The Apostle Paul writes about it in, in Romans chapter 10. And this is what he says. He says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess in your faith and you are saved. And I just want to take a quick moment here. As you're listening to this, probably in your living room or wherever you might be, just to remind us that this is at the heart of the gospel. That this is what it means to respond to who Jesus is. That we believe in our hearts that he's been raised from the dead. We believe that, that the resurrection truly does change everything in our world. And then confess that with our mouths. To say, yes, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart God raised him from the dead. And I believe and I confess that he is Lord. This is what Easter is all about. This is a, the response we can have to the resurrection. And again, just as the disciples' lives were changed by the resurrection, our lives can be changed too. And it all begins with an act of faith, an act of belief, and an act of trust that this is who Jesus is and that this is the new life he's called us to. So the first thing the resurrection does is it calls us to be people of faith. The second thing is it empowers us to be people of hope. And here's what uh, Peter, one of his disciples, wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil, or fade. So Peter says that, that God has given us a birth into a living hope, and that that is what we have because of the resurrection, that we have a hope for eternity. This is what the resurrection gives us, hope, hope that death is not the final page, that death is only and opening into the next chapter of life, into a life of eternity with our God. It's why uh, Paul can also say in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, um, where, O death, is your sting? 
that it's been overcome by Jesus, overcome by the resurrection. And what we think about when we talk about hope is, is not, hey, I hope this might happen in the future. The hope that we have is that Jesus has risen from the dead and that he is the first to rise in this way and that we too will rise with him one day. That this is the inheritance we have. That yes, it is heaven for us. It is the new creation that is waiting for us. And that is what we truly can hope for. One day, all those that are in Christ will rise to this new life just as Jesus has, just as we are celebrating on this Easter Sunday. Here's what the writer of Hebrews says about hope. He says, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That the hope we have in Christ the hope we have for eternal life with him is an anchor for our soul. It's firm and secure. You see, the resurrection of Jesus becomes the ultimate basis for hope. Since God has already overcome death through Christ, the Christian can live with confidence in our present day. No matter how dark the present age may seem, the Christian has seen the light that is to come. People need hope. And hope is placed in the promise that God has given us. That's what we can hold on to during these days. We've been empowered through the resurrection to have hope. And then finally, <laughs> the resurrection transforms us to be people of love. Actually, they all work together. We're called to be people of faith. We're empowered to be people of hope. And thus, we can live as people who love. And um, we know this, that this is not the first time the world has ever faced a pandemic. It's happened many, many times throughout the history of the world. And one of the times it happened was around the year uh, 260 AD. The church was really young. The church was starting to grow, but um, in the midst of this pandemic that was happening at that time, uh, the kind of the one of the leaders of the church at that time, a man, uh, Saint Dionysius of Alexandria, he wrote an Easter letter to Christians at that time, and in that he, he talks about the heroic nursing efforts of the Christians, and here's what he writes. Most of our Christ brother Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of the danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by others with this disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbors and cheerfully accepting their pains. Okay. He could only write that in an Easter letter. He could only write that because of the hope people have in eternity. He could only write that because people have put their faith in Jesus. Now, I want to make sure you know that I'm not calling you 
to kind of throw off all care and, and to not um, take care of yourself. I'm, I'm not saying we shouldn't shelter in place, uh, shouldn't wear masks and all that. But I am saying this, that as Christians, we cannot allow fear to control us, but we must be controlled by love. That's what we're called to be, to love one another. And the way we can love one another really well right now is staying keeping to ourselves, but also being willing to step out and help those in need. Again, we've talked about this before. It might, it might mean writing a letter to someone. It might mean sending a text or a phone call to somebody to encourage them. But as these early Christians were willing to step into the pandemic of their age, I believe with love, we are supposed to care for those around us. One of the um, church fathers, um, Tertullian, uh, said this about 100 years before that pandemic, but he said this, it's our care of the helpless, our practice of loving kindness that brands us in the eyes of many of our opponents. Only look, they say, look how they love one another. Look how they love one another. Man, I hope that is said of Christians today. I hope that's said of our body here at Baseline, that people see how we love one another. And there's been some really great examples I've heard of, of people loving each other really well during this time. You know, I heard of a story of uh, someone who put a, something on Facebook saying, hey, I need to find some flour. Where can I buy some flour? Does anybody know? And then the next morning they wake up and they're walking outside and there's a bag of flour on their front doorstep. Uh, I've heard of somebody who... Uh, got up at 6 a.m. in the morning to get to Smart and Final in time, or early enough when it opened, to buy some toilet paper for another family in the church. I've heard of somebody who has sewed together 400 masks that they're giving away to people in, in medical centers and those in need. And I've heard of so many different people who are caring for their elderly neighbors in really wonderful ways, keeping distance, talking through the windows, but making sure that those folks know that they're cared for and loved. We, as God's people, need to continue to love people well during this time. And we can only do it, and we can only do it well, if we truly have experienced the resurrection in our own lives. So on this uh, Easter Sunday 2020, one that we will never forget, Realizing that things are tough and that we're going through dark days, but we know that Jesus is alive. We know that the tomb did not hold him, and we know that he is alive. Even though we walk in the dark, the stone has been rolled away, the resurrection of Jesus is a signpost of what the future holds for us, for the hope that we can hold on to, the eternal future we have with God. It is a living hope that changes everything. So we're called to be people of faith, putting our trust and our belief in Jesus. We're empowered to be people of hope because we know what the future holds and we know that we have eternity with God waiting. And we are called to be people of love. That in the midst of the darkness, 
the world around us would see the light of Christ through how we love one another. That's what this Easter can mean for us. And that's what I'm hopeful and prayerful, that the resurrection of Jesus will change you from the inside out. And your faith will grow, you'll hold on to your hope, and you will love people well, sacrificing and serving those around you. Let me pray for us. So Lord, on this Easter, like none other, may we experience the resurrection of Christ in our own lives. Draw us and call us to be people of faith. Help us to trust you more and more. Call us and empower us to be those that have hope. That in the midst of a world where people feel like there's nothing to hope in, let us to be people of hope. And finally, Lord, help us to love people well. May it begin with the people that we are um, in the, our houses with today. May it go out to those in our neighborhood and others in our church and, and others that we know, but help us to be men and women of love, sacrificial, serving love for others. And Lord, we realize this can only happen as you empower us. And it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So um, it's probably getting close to 11 o'clock if you've started this at 10. And at 11, we want everybody to get on a Zoom call. And so there's instructions on the worship guide on how to do that. And we want to just see the faces of faith. We, we want to be reminded of people who have hope. And we also want to be reminded that we truly do love one another. So I'd encourage you to get on that Zoom call. And that's how we'll end our uh, Easter celebration today. God bless you. We love you. We are praying for you. And we love, love, love the body of Christ here at Baseline. Thanks so much for being here.